Hi, I'm Sanira Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CEO School podcast. I'm your host, Sanara Madani, and today I have the best treat for you. We are actually in New York City. We are at the beautiful studio of East Olivia in Manhattan. And so you're gonna hear like New York traffic in the background, but I am so excited to ring 2024 in and to bring with me the most incredible female entrepreneurs ever. And we're gonna be doing our series for CEO School live. I, this has been honestly such a dream of mine for the last three years and running the show and just I get to meet the most incredible women, like truly. And every time I, I do this, honestly, for myself, like it is like the most selfish thing that I get to do because I get to make friends with the most powerful, successful, driven, ambitious women that I want in my inner circle. And I get to hear their stories. And it I always connect with obviously something that I learned from or something about their past. But it's amazing to be able to use whatever platform that we have to amplify others' voices and especially to amplify female voices and women's voices is so important. And I'm just so grateful that I get to do this with all of you every single week for the last three years. And recently, you know, um, you know, when we started the podcast, it was it was all digital, right? So it was, you know, we started in the pandemic and it was that's how we got we had to start. We like opened up our laptop and uh, got this show started. And then a year later, really, you know, brought in an incredible production team uh, through Hi Hello Labs. Thank you, Carlos and Carlina, for producing the show for the last several years and really up leveled our quality, got video, you know, uh, going all the things. But there was this element that was still missing because every time I would do an interview, um, it would be through like a virtual setting. And this year, like I had just made a commitment that for 2024, I'm just so over everything digital. I'm like ready for in life, real connection. And so I just have the privilege of being here in New York. So we'll be going through to several different cities and we're like packing it in my calendar. So it's not anything. So tomorrow I have to go record for ink for some like some media and some other things and we're like okay let's like let's find a studio and see who we want to like interview on Monday and something that I've been so fortunate with over the last several years is building relationships and I tell this to all of you all the time on how important relationships are but it's exactly in moments like these when I'm like hey 
let's film in New York City. Who do we want to film and who do we want to be? I could pick up the phone and call some of the most incredible women who have been there um, digitally for so long, but with real meaningful relationships. And today I am so excited to interview someone you may not know that has been in my world for so long that maybe you have just seen me wear. I know you, you, I get a lot of messages on my suits and on my clothes. I am here with the CEO of Argent, Sally Christensen. And let me tell you, she has been so fabulous already all morning. I cannot wait for you to get to know her. But Sally is actually a venture-backed, female-founded clothing brand that started in the Bay Area through her experience in the Bay Area. But she's really on a mission to redefine workwear and to drive women's progress forward. I mean, you have seen countless celebrities like Dr. Jill Biden, Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, Meghan Markle. The list goes on um, that not only wear her brand, but really support this mission on female empowerment and what it means to really you know, have work friends and show up in the workspace. To date, Argent has partnered literally with the most incredible organizations such as Michelle Obama's When We All Vote to also advocate for women's voting power. And besides like all of the accolades and all of the things and obviously the clothes just being so beautiful and so incredible, Sally is just an incredible human and her story is one that I'm so excited to share with all of you today. So Sally, welcome to CEO School. Thanks. Great intro. Thank you for having me. I am so happy to be here. I mean, honestly, I got to update the audience on what happened this morning. Um, we got here to the studio and, you know, it's New York, New York traffic, New York everything, but it's so fun. The city is absolutely the best. But Sally arrived actually prior to our team's arrival. And Sally's like up here setting up with us. She's like, let me go grab coffee. Like she's our guest. And she treated us this morning just with such kindness and just show, goes to show what kind of CEO you are. And truly through that servant leadership, like that's a philosophy that, you know, I think successful CEOs have. And so I'd love, uh, I just wanted to share that with the audience of just your kindness and your heart. And we've just been sitting here on this chair for the last like 20 minutes chatting about so much. And I'm like, we just got to open the show to like get the show started. So Sally, tell me a little bit about how you got started with Argent, your background and how this company came about. Yeah. So I'm definitely the consumer of what we're building. My background's in business and I started in banking and finance in Chicago. I got my MBA with a focus on supply chain, shifted gears, went into tech, worked at Cisco Systems in San, it's in Santa Clara technically. Um, so lived in the Bay Area for a few years doing that. And the consistent pain point across all of my experiences was finding workwear. And it sounds really simple and straightforward. And I never thought I would start a company focused on this. Um, but it was just in the back of my head as a frustration and a shared pain point for every peer group that I had. And in 2015, I was working on a new initiative at Cisco Cloud. They were building, you know, their response to cloud, late to the game, very high, fast paced, high energy, intense environment. Uh, and I read a study that showed that women were judged based on appearance and they quantify the impact of what you wear on your bottom line over your lifetime. It's really significant. And so I just read that and put in my notice and saw an opportunity to create a workwear destination and authority that solved just the time constraint of finding things that are appropriate to wear to work, but also I think in Silicon Valley specifically, this was a place that women could and were misstepping because no one was really defining what the standard was. And I felt like a brand could come in and do that and 
how do we flip the narrative? So if you're paying attention to what I'm wearing, then I'm going to show up and I'm going to be my most confident self. And you're going to take note of both my dress, but also my message. And I mean, most importantly, my message. And then I think on the brand side, I really believe in the power of brand more than anything. And so I saw an opportunity to create a platform and pull in professional women into all of our storytelling, all of our imagery, just the entire brand uh, as a way to motivate and inspire. And really it's for representation uh, because we didn't grow up with that. Like I didn't grow up really understanding what I could be and all the potential career paths that were open to me. And so the goal of the brand is really about removing barriers for women, giving women tools and helping connect them in a way that really collectively allows us to, you know, push things forward as a gender. I mean, I think your vision, you've actually nailed it with execution. Thanks. Because that is exactly what I feel every time I see your brand or I put on Argent or when I see the events or when I see the women supporting Argent, like it is truly, I, you know, as a consumer brand, I think, I think what is so powerful about the story and for all the CEOs and the women that are listening, I mean, truly, if you can tell a, tell a story through your brand, People connect with that. Like people don't buy things. People buy from people and people buy from the right organizations that have the right mission and the right values. And your mission truly in that vision that you shared, I will say you do execute upon that. And I feel that every single time um, that I wear it and that I see the brand. So congrats on all the success so far and your venture backed company as a clothing brand. This is not common to be a venture backed it's like a company. So can you tell me a little bit about that experience? Yes. And I would say we have pivoted away from that a little okay. bit. Uh, we, I mean, definitely have a- Good for you, by <laughs> the way. I wish I was able to pivot a lot faster than I did. Yeah. I I mean, I have a typical cap table, female founded yeah. cap table, long list of investors, individuals, angels, et cetera. Um, fundraising is something I can talk about forever because it is- it is truly an unsolved issue for female founders. Yeah. And uh, I don't think the masses actually grasp what that means and how we can participate in supporting female founders if we're not investors. So we should dig into that. But uh, we got Argent off the ground through angel investment, and then we raised our seed and Founders Fund led our seed. Uh, so they've been incredibly supportive and kind of set the expectation they don't really follow on, which is typical of them and all of their investments. And uh, then they supported us through COVID and they've supported us now when we're raising our A, we're just closing our A, um, but they followed on. Uh, we have an individual though that's leading our A, so it's a family office and the majority of money's coming from individuals. I do think that we've been really intentional with who we've taken money from, yeah. very reflective of our community. Um, and it always works out, but I think it's always taken more time just being a female founder and raising money, which time is everything in this world, you know? So, but I think just having the right people on our cap table allowed us to survive COVID, which was a brutal time and is allowing us to really take advantage of the demand that we're seeing now and just the potential of the brand. I mean, you're totally right. I mean, raising venture capital, I mean, less than 3% of venture capital currently still today into like last year's stats, like every year. 1.9 1.9 last year. Like the statistics are not just getting better, they're getting worse. 
And it is, I mean, it's, it's such an issue. And I think one of the challenges that I see also, I mean, as an investor as well, um, it's, it's not just that like the, you know, I think the, the venture backed community is like, well, we need deal flow. We need deal flow. I mean, there's, you know, at the rate of entrepreneurship, 50% of entrepreneurs are women. I mean, it's not that we don't have businesses. I see one of the challenges that we're not scaling our businesses like quick enough from, you know, to have reach a revenue point where it becomes investable or building scalable style companies that are then venture investable as well. And so I do think that the, these conversations need to take place earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like chicken or the egg. Like, how do we expect our women entrepreneurs or how do we expect entrepreneurs to grow if we don't even get the capital to succeed as well? And so one of the challenges that, you know, we focus on heavily at CEO School is this is the stat that less than 2% of female founders break that million in revenue. And so if we can get beyond that million in revenue, it's not about having a million dollar business or getting to the, the million dollar um, run rate or having you know a million dollar business just signifies that you have reached a product market fit, that you've got that validation from customers. You can, so it, it tells that story of your business um, through financials, which are important to investors. And if you don't have that, then it's really hard, even as an investor, to go invest in a company when it's just an ideation stage. So the million dollar mark, I do believe, is a very critical point for female entrepreneurs and to really break through that threshold. Um, and you can do so, you know, getting to a million dollar point, you could do that bootstrapped. I'm not saying it's ideal to do it bootstrapped, but that's just one of the challenges that I see as well on the female entrepreneurship side is we have to think bigger and we cannot build small businesses. We have to surpass our businesses beyond that million dollar mark. I think women also uh, need to recognize that no is a big part of this journey. Yeah. And for women more than men, you hear no, I mean, just in every step, you know, every step of the way you hear no. And so believing in yourself, and this is a gift I think that you and I are in a position now to give, but like, and if you have the confidence of one person that you respect, that's all it takes women sometimes just to make it happen. So I think I've seen, I've heard and seen so many women try and just opt out of the entire process. And so I think for everyone listening, like we can all do that. You can follow your friend's brand that they're starting. You can buy the product. You can like their posts. They're just such simple things you can do, but also just those words of encouragement are so incredibly helpful because we get so beat up in a way that men do not. And so on the path to that first million, like I think that um, just remembering that there's a reason for what you're doing and that it's normal to feel like um, it's not worth doing and that, you know, and it's normal to second guess yourself because everyone is second guessing you. And there's just an abundance of misogyny, uh, you know, in this world and on this journey specifically. Um, So I think just sort of, you know, keeping that in mind and using it as fuel as much as you can. I love that. And it's so true. It's so hard. And it is it is 100% harder for us as women. And yes. I, I really I, I appreciate you just, you know, first and foremost, just saying that out loud because it is it's an unfair and biased world. And it and we have to have our like everything has to be proven harder. You know, men are given investment for their potential yes. while women are given investment for what they've done. Right. So we have to have the, you know, the the perfect track record, the perfect backing. And so to, you know, all the women listening, I mean, this this it, it's a shitty journey. Like entrepreneurship is the hardest thing that you will pick up to do. But we need you. Right. And like your brand and your service and your product and your offer like needs to get into the world because 
like I've I've met countless you know thousands of female entrepreneurs at this at this point in my journey. Not a single woman in business ever just says like for the shit's sake I'm like starting a business. Like we are so sick and tired of the thing that's happening or the the problem that we're trying to solve or there wasn't a solution for my kid, there wasn't a solution for work. I wasn't heard um you know for my company or for my customers. So when women are starting businesses, we are actually like changing the world because of our businesses. And so although it's hard and although it's shitty and yes, like the you know, the odds are stacked against us, it is it is even more important that we succeed because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I've also observed that women aren't rewarded for failure in the same way. Mm. I mean, the classic example is Adam Newman who very publicly fails and then gets 350 million dollars from um I won't name the fund, but from a top tier venture fund pretty immediately on the heels of that. And there are a lot of women that have actually been successful, but have been painted as failures, uh, who the media feels like is trying to scare into obscurity a little bit. And I think collectively we need to support all women who have broken through, who have created brands that were aware of because that in and of itself is an accomplishment. Um, but I also think that the small failures along the way, like I have made so many mistakes on this journey and that's allowed me to get us positioned in the way that we are now because I've made these micro failures that um, I've learned from and adapted from, you know, to whatever I, business model we needed to. Um, and that takes money sometimes too. So uh, I think that women obviously like need to be comfortable with failure and again, recognize that it's part of the journey. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I would love for you to kind of take us back. You know, what were what, what those like founding moments of Argent? Like, so like, you know, tell us about like from inception to kind of big milestones through the company to like literally this last week, you, you know, you hosted an incredible dinner, you know, for like this huge campaign that you did. And then, you know, Secretary Clinton surprised all your guests at dinner. I mean, what a milestone, but share with us, you know, the journey in yep. getting there. Yeah. So we launched in 2016. I think I was pretty clear on what I wanted to build. I wanted a resource for women uh, from a product perspective that was full range. So um, we launched with a pretty robust assortment and uh, we launched at a women's event. It was one of those big conferences and we were like positioned between a Pfizer booth and a Bank of America booth. But I was like, this will be really good product market fit um, assessment, you know, and it was. It was incredible. It's one of my favorite days still in Argent's journey. We just were, I mean, I've never seen products sell faster and it was so fun and just seeing the energy around it. How did you even think to like, that's where I want to be, right? Right between like these two crazy big, you know, pharmaceutical companies. Like you're like, let's place Argent right here to go get product. Like, that sounds crazy. Because it's a time constrained, high powered, busy woman that you have to find FaceTime with. And yeah. it's hard to get FaceTime with her. And I was Ooh. like, this is something I was doing when I was at Cisco. I was getting sent to these women's events. It's like 6,000 women that are all roughly our demographic. Let's go there and uh, see what happens. Yeah. It's funny because now a lot of companies have done that and they've created these marketplaces at these events, but this preempted that. So this like predated that even being something that the conference uh, organizers were thinking about. And uh, yeah, I was right. It was, but it was, we did everything wrong. We brought every product that we made to the conference. We had like three U-Hauls full of product. I had my husband like sprinting back and forth to find sizing, um, but it was just so exhilarating. So that was day one of Argent. And then I think the surprise for a lot of 
uh, brands coming out of the gates is you expect everyone in your orbit to show up and buy. And that doesn't happen. Oh, I know <laughs> it is. It's such a disappointment. Like you really do feel and and you se- you have to separate that, right? Like you have to separate that. Not all your friends or your family are your ideal clients. Correct. either. And so, you know, it does hurt you a bit when you're getting started and you're like, why isn't everyone just buying my products? Right. Like, wouldn't that just be easy? Totally. In fact, the majority will not, you know? And so I think that's, uh, that's a pretty quick realization of like, oh, I've really got to market this and we've really (laughs) got to figure out how to make people aware of what we're doing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, then just built over the years and really found our stride in 2020 as a lot of companies did. And we were getting ready to go out for our series A. I mean, we were like, this is the path and we're on the path. Yeah. Work where we're all showing up to work, right? 2017, 18, 19. Mm -hmm. We're going to the office every day, wearing our nice blazers and our suits. What happened? Yeah. So overnight we went to zero dollar days. I mean, we went to, we had some negative days where people were like, I would like to return all of these things because I don't know when I'll go back into offices. And it was pretty brutal. I was eight and a half months pregnant. It was all the things. The blessing was that I made the decision to pull out of all of our retail locations in March when people were sending emails that were like, we'll reopen in two weeks. So I was able to get out of all of our leases because nobody saw what was coming. And I kind of bet that COVID was going to be longer than people were realizing. And so that honestly probably saved the company. And we went lean immediately and we focused on survival. And that was a very intentional choice. We could have shuttered the business very easily and probably, you know, like I think some investors are still shocked that we didn't. Um, but I believe so much in what we're building. And I think that it ex- it needs to exist as a resource for women. And I knew that post-COVID would be our heyday. So, you know, you don't get the luxury of time in on the founder journey. And we did. We were able to step back and reassess like what had worked and what hadn't. I actually don't think we would be uh, as well positioned had we not been given that opportunity. So in a lot of ways, I think that um, it set us on the right path. Uh, But I mean, the messages that I received, the press interviews that I did during COVID, it was just things like suiting's dead forever. What are you going to do? I had an investor send me an article that was um, workwear's dead forever with the message we should talk. You know, just the things you're like, I am really not okay. Please be mindful. Um, And then in 2020, we ran a huge campaign in partnership with a nonprofit supermajority with a hot pink suit that went viral. So in a day, we just blew out of uh, all the suits. And it was supposed to be um, product to support a 30-day campaign. So that also allowed us to survive. And it gave us a little kick in the pants um, in terms of energy and enthusiasm. So, uh, yeah, I mean. Oh, my God. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. That is just <laughs> such an – it's so incredibly difficult. Like, just as, you know, anyone listening and any, you know, business owner going through just that pandemic was the hardest time as a CEO, as a, as a business owner, as a small business, whatever whatever point in journey you were, if you were in business, it was so difficult. And to have specifically a workwear brand. True. Yes. Uh, and to power through that, I mean, the resiliency and the foresight too of making the right decisions. I love, um, I love that you said, you know, you went into survival mode. 
because the journey of entrepreneurship isn't always linear. Like everyone always thinks it's like the textbook hockey, like Silicon Valley wants us to believe like that's what success looks like. But companies that actually, you know, are successful or end up building, you know, big brands and big communities and are exitable and profitable and have that growth do so, you know, um, you know, linear, you know, in, yes. in, in, in a format that is um, like, it looks like this when you, yes. zo- when you, when you like zoom in, it's like up and down, but it's incremental growth. Yes. It's incremental growth. And um, it, you handled it so incredibly amazing. And I'm, I'm so glad that you powered through <laughs> the pandemic and you leverage things like social media. And that's when you have to make pivots, right? So you have to look yourself and say, okay, where, you know, where's my audience? What pivots do we have to make? And you went out and were like, okay, let's do these campaigns. Um, and social media was actually a great time. And on the contrary, there were so many businesses and you know creators and everything blowing up through social media during the pandemic as well. And then you were able to leverage social media for growth as well. Yeah, it was interesting because we uh, did not pivot from a product perspective that felt inauthentic to me to do like sweatpants when we're focused on workwear and we didn't make masks. We didn't do anything like that. Instead, we just um, peeled it back and we had this hot pink suit and that was our entire 2020. And then in 2021 started dropping new product and the slowly we saw an appetite return to the category. 2022, it was like we demand was outpacing supply 2023 same for spring and finally in the fall we have our footing a little bit and now we're really in scale mode and so i think from a business perspective we've kind of seen it all and i think every company has to your point there were companies that really had explosive growth during covid mm-hmm. homeware brands you know any self-care were all hunkered down so like there were some brands that did really well that are now having to come down from that a little bit. So like, I think we're all navigating a really challenging journey. And for us, I feel like we're lucky in a lot of ways because ours makes a little bit more sense uh, on paper. And it's really fun to now be in this moment where it's about um, trying to ensure that we can like keep the wheels on and build and grow. And uh, it's, it's really fun. And you touched on this earlier, but like, I think we have the coolest job in the world because we're front row seat to incredible women doing incredible work. Yeah, It's the best 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 vantage point because women just don't realize like how awesome we are so awesome <laughs> i know and we just get to be a mirror sometimes where it's like you're really great and this is really and fun. we need this right like we need this like it's so amazing for i mean for our souls to like truly be around other uplifting women i mean i 100 believe in the power of we were talking about the early relationships and community and you know, as an entrepreneur, if you are listening and you feel lonely, it's it is lonely. And so go find yourself some work friends. Right. So tell me a little bit about work friends and what you've done at Arjun with this amazing campaign. Yeah. So uh I think nowadays there's pressure on consumer brands to have an editorial arm. And I have always wanted to build an editorial arm for Argent, but we didn't hire an editorial director until 2021. So I do want to like comment on that because I think it's important because I think you have to be ready to build anything that's worth building, you know. Um, But work friends has always been something that we want to capture. So work friends, sorry to back up, is our marquee editorial franchise. It's what I touched on earlier for the uh, founding vision for Argent. It's to capture professional women's journeys into the brand, into the photography, into our visuals. um, So you see yourself in the brand. And so we started shooting professional women in 2019. 
Um, so we'll cast and shoot women of all backgrounds, different locations, industries, ages, stages of their journey, et cetera. And um, over time, we were able to bring on an editorial director and really, you know, we continue, I feel like, to tell their stories more uh, in an effort to both celebrate them because I don't think there's enough of that. You know, we all put our head down and do such hard work and like we're not celebrated enough, um, but also to model what work can look like. And so uh, we've highlighted anyone from, you know, a Katie Couric to Betsy Beers, who you actually doesn't have as much household name recognition, but she's Shonda Rhimes' creative partner. She's responsible for Grey's Anatomy being on television. Um, Monica Padman, she's the co-creator, co-producer of Armchair Expert. Molly McNerney, who is the executive producer and head writer of Jimmy Kimmel, who's written the Oscars for a few years, you know, so um, they're just these, there's so many women like this. Uh, and our goal is to just bring them to life through the brand, um, but also to bring them together has always been a part of our goal. And so just last week, you mentioned we hosted our first ever in-person um, dinner to connect them all. And I think, you know, when we started Argent, that really was Part of it is like, how do we create more networking opportunity for women? Because men are doing it all the time and women oftentimes like don't get access to other women or prioritize it. And so how can we be a bit of a forcing function for that? Because there's a lot of power in that. We've all, even if we're in completely like opposite parts of the country, opposite industries, like we've gone through similar, you know, hurdles. And so um, we brought everyone together over dinner and there's so much magic in it, like just to watch these women get to know one another, exchange phone numbers, schedule dates, and just take it from there. Yeah. And that's the goal of the brand writ large. Like we have physical stores and locations because we're trying to just constantly connect people beyond the brand because uh, there's a ton of power in it, whether it's a peer and a work friend, if it's a mentor, if it's a future boss, whatever it is. Um, so I just think there's a lot of energy around women generally right now. Everyone's excited post COVID. I think we got shot on a lot during COVID and, uh, there's entitlement in a way that's deserved. And so women are just talking about money and ambition and really leaning in, in a way that I've never seen. And I think that's really, that was on display last week. Oh my goodness. I have chills right now. Just even just hearing you t speak, I feel obviously so connected to your mission, but I fully agree. Like we are in the, we are living right now. Yes. We are actually living it right now. And I do think that it is time and that things are actually going to change and, and that together we're just making shit happen because we've been, everyone else has been talking about it for way too long. And again, like we always do, we have to just fucking solve the problem. Yes. So now we're getting together, whether we're a suit company or a tech company or whatever, we're all putting our resources together to say enough is enough. It is our time. It's our time. How do we help one another? How do I learn more about you? How can I share some of my mm. story? Like, how can I elevate you in a way that's helpful? And, you know, that's a two-way street. I think that the generation above us, they um, were, they entered into a workplace of like a scarcity mindset. Um, there's one job for, for one yes. woman. And so like the 10 of you do it out. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And our generation has a mindset of abundance. And so all boats rise with the tide. My success is your success. And so how do we just really lean into that and make sure that we're 
helping each other as much as we can. And at some point, like men do need to be part of that process. Uh, we're in a patriarchy. I have men on our cap table. I love having the perspective of a man. Like I think our brand is appealing to both men and women um, because I think that's really how we ultimately achieve gender equity. I agree with that. I 100% I believe that feminism is not women greater than. No. It's equal to. Correct. It's equal to. And we do need amazing, and we do have incredible allies as well um, that are here to support. But it's amazing what you're doing to amplify this mission. And through your brand, I mean, you really do. You're, that vision that you had, you've just executed. And I'm so excited to see all the great things that are ahead. So tell us, how can we support Argent? What's coming? Obviously, like we're like we're gonna all have Argent in our wardrobes and be, you know, just sharing the brand, liking the brand, supporting the brand. But what's next and how can we support you, Sally? Thank you. Uh ho oh, ho. Um it's busy. I'll say that. It's uh, the busiest I've ever been in the best way. We are expanding stores. So we have three stores now in New York. We just signed a lease in D.C. So we're opening D.C. in the, in the spring. Uh, we'll be expanding our store presence next year. Uh, we're launching Neiman Marcus in January. We have a few other exciting wholesalers lined up for next year. So that's um, strategic uh, on top of our direct growth. Um and expanding product assortment. I mean, we just want to be dressing cool women doing cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's been probably the most exciting part is watching women very intentionally choose Argent uh, for moments that make sense as their armor. And so I think dream for me is just to see more and more women just, you know, fighting the good fight in Argent. Well, I love it. We'll definitely all be wearing and fighting the good fight. I love that you called it armor and that confidence. I mean, it's so, so important. Thank you so much, Sally, for being here today and just inspiring all of these like amazing entrepreneurs. I know I just so enjoyed just hearing your story firsthand, finally in person. And I can't wait for all the amazing things ahead. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This was fun. So fun. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.